What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Up Before You podcast with me, Connor Warman. This episode of the Up Before You podcast is brought to you by Ticket Weirdo. With concert and game season just around the corner, the timing is perfect for those of you listening who want to plan your summer events. We've teamed up with Ticket Weirdo to make buying tickets this season super affordable. What's great about Ticket Weirdo is they are the only ticket site that doesn't charge you hidden service fees and also donates a portion of your purchase to charity. Check them out by simply going to TicketWeirdo.com and typing in code UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off unlimited ticket purchases throughout the year. Once again, that's UBY at checkout to save an extra 10% off your ticket purchases and to keep it weird this summer. Now guys, if you have a moment, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show and leave a 5-star rating and a review. It only takes a second and is a great way to support the show, and the feedback means a lot to me. If you like this episode of the podcast, please share with family and friends and share via social media and make sure to tag Up Before You. And lastly, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook and visit upbeforeyou.com to keep up to date with all the latest episodes, news, and updates surrounding the show. Okay, my guest today is Paige Semenza. Paige is a former Division I hockey player who played at The Ohio State University, turned CrossFit Games athlete, who is also a lover of all dogs. In this episode of the podcast, we talk about Paige's hockey career, getting into powerlifting, the differences in CrossFit and powerlifting training, her experiences as an individual and team CrossFit competitor, how she got involved with Misfit, and much, much more. I truly hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And now, with all that being said, Let's get on with the show. I do have to ask, though, have yeah. you been to Portillo's? Yes. Is it like your favorite place? Uh, I don't really go there very often, but <laughs> it is really good. Yeah. Have you ever been? Uh, yes, I have. Um, I love Portillo's. So, you, so you've been to like the, the area, the Chicago area? Yep. I went a couple years ago. Um, I went for one of the soccer games. Um, I was dating a guy back then who was on the Columbus crew. Okay. So I have to go and see the city for the yeah. weekend. It's just pretty neat. But Portillo's was incredible. And we went like probably once every day we were out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not that big of a fan, but yeah, I've been there. All right. All right. Where we live in the suburbs, there's not one like super close. It's by okay. a 20 minute drive, which isn't far, but. With, far enough. Yeah, far enough. So. <laughs> all right, Paige. So on that kind of note, I just wanted to ask you, how has the whole pandemic kind of affected your training and your daily life? Um, daily life, uh, it's affected it a lot. I have way more free time on my hands than I would like. Um, I work at two different gyms, so I coach at two different gyms in the area. Um, I'm pretty close with both of them. So um, and the communities are very tight knit and close. So for this to happen, obviously, just as most CrossFit gyms, like, everybody's taking a hit and everybody, you know, hates it. Um, but my days are pretty filled up being at either one of the gyms. So, um, that's kind of affected my time a lot, but as far as training goes, it hasn't affected it too much. Um, I'm still able to do a lot of, uh, the fitness and the programming that misfit misfit athletics is providing. Um, so they've actually, kind of tailored all of their training for the phase four that we're in right now uh, to kind of help with everybody who has limited equipment. But for the most part, I have everything that I need. Um, I have access to everything that I need. So 
if you know there's a day that I need the pull-up bar like I have a yoke downstairs at my house that has one um we have all the uh plates barbells the machines the only one we don't have is the assault bike um which I'm not upset about that yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. but uh we're, we're really fortunate here I live here at home me and my brother we both do CrossFit so we you know we have what we need we're we're lucky um you know, not everybody is set to be prepared for something like this. It would just be nice to have somewhere indoors that we can do all of our training, but yeah, we work with what we got. So you have equipment and um, like you're able to do a lot of things, but have there been any moments during the pandemic where it's kind of affected your like mindset and the mental aspect of like not wanting to train and not being motivated to train? Yep. 100%. Uh, I probably have a breakdown at least once a week where I'm just kind of like, why am I doing this? This sucks. This is, you know, it's silly. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I love what I do. You know, it, it sounds cliche to say that, but I'm not just going to sit around at home either. Um, you know, I, if I were somebody who was a bookworm, you know, I'd be in books all day and mm -hmm. studying and going to school more, but I'm not that kind of person. I love fitness and I've always been someone who needs to be on their feet. Um, so, just getting better in that aspect. I, it just kind of comes naturally. So, um, when motivation's not there, it's when your discipline kind of, you know, has to come out and you just have to work with what you got. Like there's really not much else to say. There's no magic pill. There's, you know, you can only control what you can control and your effort and your attitude is going to be the two biggest things there. So, um, just trying to stay positive in those times. And when I can't, I just, I reach out to somebody, whether it's a friend or my coach. Um, so there's ways to work with it. Um, not every day has been perfect though. I, <laughs> from nutrition to training to sleeping, like there's been a lot of ups and downs, a lot more now than just being in a normal routine. So it, it's different, but you know, I'm just taking it day by day. You know, there's not really much else we can do right now. Just got to know that life goes on and it's hopefully going to get back to normal sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah. So. All right. So kind of taking, taking a big, a big jump here. Can you take me back and tell me a little bit, a little bit about yourself growing up and your childhood sports you played, stuff like that. All right. Yeah. Um, God, I was the biggest tomboy when I was a kid. Yeah. So um, I hung out with my cousins all the time all like all my guy cousins we always played sports um I was considered one of the guys when I was a kid so um I've always been active I've always loved sports I played a little bit of everything from baseball softball um not football not soccer those got a little too intense for me um I played field hockey and ice hockey um I really fell in love with ice hockey so that kind of took over uh, and became my real passion. So when I was a sophomore in high school, um, I started going to my public high school here at home at Pittston area. And then about two months in, we would go off to a private school. It was called the North American Hockey Academy. Uh, and I finished out my schooling there. It was a pretty incredible experience. It was 40 girls. So there were enough girls there for two teams. We lived in an old ski lodge up in Stowe, Vermont. Uh, and it was 
just incredible to be a kid living this like college life at the time. Um, but there were only 40 of us. So it was really, really small. And we we're just, you know, one big family. Um, we had one-on-one -on -one teaching. So a lot of it was like tutor style teaching. Um, but because I ended up going full-time there, I, they were my teachers. Um, but we played like an 80 game season, like a normal NHL season, um, of hockey, mostly in tournament styles, but, uh, it was amazing. We were traveling pretty much every weekend. Um, and then from there, uh, a lot of us went there to, you know, be recruited, you know, for school, for college and stuff like that. So I ended up getting a full ride to Ohio state. So I went to Ohio state for my four years of college being a Buckeye. Um, I'm surprised you didn't, I'm surprised you didn't say the Ohio state. That's what they always Most say. Do. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, the Ohio state, um, I went there, I took four and a half years to graduate. So I took a extra semester after I grad or after my four years of college. So it's funny cause that last semester was probably the most difficult semester, just not having that time management and just mm -hmm. having too much free time yeah. on my hands. So I actually did a course in school in my last sem semester graduating, uh, which is funny, but um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate for, you know, being able to go to a private school, um, and, you know, paying for college in that aspect. Um, and then from there, so after hockey, I kind of needed to fill the void because I, again, still loved competing so much. Um, so I started getting into powerlifting, um, and I competed in 2015 at the USA powerlifting meet for nationals. And I was in a weightlifting class that was probably a little too heavy for me, but I was like at the bottom of the, of the weightlifting class. Uh, and I still finished pretty well. I finished like 17th or 14th or something like that um, out of a pretty big field of girls. So that was pretty cool. Um, and the best part about it was it was right here in Scranton. <laughs> so going back to hockey for a second, do a lot of big 10 teams have women's hockey teams? Do all of them have them? No. 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 Um, so like Ohio state's rivalry is Michigan. Michigan does not have a team for females. Um, Penn state just got one a few years ago. Uh, I think it was right before, I think it was within my junior senior year that they ended up getting a team. Um, but it, I would have loved to have been like a homegrown and like have gone to a local school like Penn state. Um, but they didn't have a team back then. And, you know, I wouldn't trade my decision now or even then, but it would have been pretty cool to have competed against Penn state even. Um, but no, Wisconsin has a team. The teams that we played against, we had five teams from Minnesota, uh, the university being one of them, um, Duluth, Mankato. Uh, I'm going to forget a lot of them. <laughs> Honestly, can't even remember yeah. them. Um, so, so but yeah, that was our Midwest. It was really small. We had a, I think there were 26 or 36 division one teams okay. um, in women's hockey. So there weren't too many, um, only nine, eight of us in the Western league. So then you make the transition to powerlifting. What made you want to get into powerlifting over like any, any other competitive sport you could have done? Um, so when I was a freshman in college, I met a friend 
a really good friend at the time. Uh, his name was John Downing and he was huge into powerlifting. And throughout my, ento- my entire collegiate career, he followed along and we became really good friends. Um, and he had just kind of kept being like, hey, why don't you try this? Hey, why don't you try this? Uh, and I was just like, you know what? I need something because I was just running a lot after college and I just you know, was kind of in limbo and I didn't know what to do. Um, so I started doing a lot of powerlifting with him and I got really good at it. Being a hockey player, you just see have the explosiveness and, you know, the power behind the legs and the fast twitch. And, um, it just kind of fell into a really good groove for me. So, um, I tried it for about maybe two years, but I found CrossFit kind of in the middle of it. And then, you know, that kind of took over. I was trying to do both, but once I started CrossFit, powerlifting just was a little too boring for me. You know, you have your three main lifts and a couple accessory lifts and that's it. Um, But I did get really strong and it did really transfer over for CrossFit for me uh, personally. Uh, If you look at my history at the games um, in 2018, a lot of like the the clean and jerk ladder, uh, the, uh, the total, like those were my best events there. So it does help me a lot in CrossFit and it still does now. Um, back squatting is my absolute favorite. So yeah. <laughs> it'll always be my favorite. So how exactly did you find CrossFit? Who introduced you to it? Uh, so my friend, Tina Podrowski. So I was living in Ohio for about two years after I graduated and I was working at a daycare out there. Um, and I just decided it was time to move back home. I'd been away from home since I was a kid, like since I was 15, you know, living in Vermont and then going to Ohio state. So I was only coming home during breaks and vacations and things like that. So then once I moved back home, my friend Tina Podrowski was going to a gym up here in Dixon city, which is now actually it's moved over to Oliphant up where we live. Um, and we were actually working, we were coaching the Wyoming Seminary's girls ice hockey team, which is a high school, it's a private school um, here at home. So it's uh, right in Wilkes-Barre. And she's like, hey, why don't you just come try it out? I was like, okay. And I didn't know I needed to like set up an appointment and like an intro. Mm -hmm. So like, I just showed up with Tina (laughs) and the owner, Kalina was like, uh, you know, we're just kind of like, it was just an awkward situation. Like she tells the story way better than I do. Um, but yeah, so I just kind of did a version of the class with, uh, Kalina's guidance there. So they were keeping an eye on me and making sure that I wasn't, you know, going out too crazy. You know, once you have that competitive background and you find something like CrossFit, you just kind of want to go hard. Um, so yeah, I did it with Tina back in 2015, and that's where it all just started. So, what well, kind of like what was training for powerlifting like? And obviously, they're way different. But what was training for powerlifting like? And then what was it like transitioning into CrossFit training all the time? Um, so I worked with the strength guys uh, who they do powerlifting coaching, uh, remote coaching, and I was with them. John, my friend John, uh, connected me with them. Um, and it was one hundred. It was just the three main lifts mostly. Um, it you know sets of 
just sets and percentages on bench, on deadlift and on back squat three days a week. Um, so it wasn't a lot. And then I was doing a little bit of cardio stuff with that, but not a lot at all. Like maybe going running on another day. Um, but once I found CrossFit, I was trying to just blend the two. I would just go to do the normal, you know, CrossFit class with the gym and still trying to do all of the lifts. And it was just, you know, getting a little too much. Yeah. Um, and I realized that I can still do a lot of the lifting within CrossFit and at open gym hours and things like that. So um, I still do a lot of powerlifting movements, obviously, you know, that's how we get stronger in the sport, but uh, the volume of it is way different. <laughs> Did you, uh, did you watch Thor break the deadlift record last weekend? Incredible. <laughs> he made it look like it was 95 pounds. I know. It was insane. Like, it didn't even look hard. Especially his second lift, like 460 kilos or whatever, like, yeah. went up like it was nothing. I know. It's crazy good. I so love him. is that how a meet goes? You get three lifts and that's it? Yeah. So you get three attempts on all lifts. Um, when I was at uh, Nationals in 2015, there were a lot of competitors there. So your time is really spread out. Um, we made like a mathematical error. So your Wilk score, I don't know if you're familiar with powerlifting. Not, no, not really. All right. So you have your body weight. Let's say I weigh in at 150. I don't weigh that much, but so you weigh in at 150 and you hit, you know, your three lifts of you hit your highest bench deadlift and back squat. Um, and there's a percentage or a number that they take from that. And that's, that's your Wilk score. Okay. So, um, essentially the lighter you are in the weight class and the heavier you lift, the better the Wilk score you're going to have. Um, it's, I'm pretty sure it's how it is in most sports with a weightlifting yeah. class. Um, they just have different calculations. Um, but we made an error. So going into my deadlift, I think we we just kind of, you know, shot it out there in the dark. I think I was going for like 300. I was going for 360. And before that, I had never lifted more than 290. Um, so I just needed to go like maybe five or 10 pounds heavier. And my yeah. woke score would have qualified me for the Arnold that year. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a bummer. Wow. But yeah. yeah, but I wasn't even, I'm not even too familiar with, you know, the sport itself. Yeah. So I was kind of doing it because it was fun and because I had a friend who was really invested in it with me. So it made it that much more enjoyable. Um, yeah. So this is what I always say. And this is more of in defense of the little guy, kind of like what you're saying. Like what Thor did is amazing. Yes. But the dude weighs 450 pounds. I know. So it's like. The They'll get them like Austin yeah. Aliola who's going to run a marathon <laughs> and then deadlift 500 pounds. So like he wouldn't necessarily have the highest Wilkes score then. Right. Correct. Yeah it probably wouldn't even be that high or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, yeah. I, I mean, you get into those heavier weight classes and they're pretty much all weighing around the same. Um, yeah. yeah so. that dude, he's a freak of nature. Yeah. But I'm sure since then, I'm sure the sport has changed a lot too, yeah. just like any other sport. Um, so, but I'm not too involved in it anymore yeah. if at all, really. Okay. So back to CrossFit. When did you kind of decide after you transitioned out of powerlifting that you wanted to get competitive in CrossFit and make a run at the sport? So I was pretty new in CrossFit when that happened. I was only doing it for maybe a year. I did when I first joined CrossFit, the open was maybe two months after that. Um, and I took that 
I didn't take that seriously at all. <laughs> no. Like I think I showed up with friends kind of hung over at one of them and <laughs> drunk at another one. So it was just kind of like a, you know, doing it because the community is so involved in it. And, but I truly fell in love with it and truly fell in love with just the atmosphere um, and just the people at the gym. So that was 2015. Then you get a whole year under your belt. And I think it was maybe after the first or second um, open workout that, you know, you kind of realize that like, wow, you're doing pretty good. Um, but still, I wasn't great in 2016. I think I finished 29th in the region, um, in the Atlantic region. So they were taking the top 20. Um, but I lucked out that year because um, 20 or I'm sorry, I think 10 or 11 girls actually ended up going team okay. or were kind of penalized on the leaderboard in some sort of way. So I actually ended up getting an invite and I was just, it was like, I think three or four weeks before we were competing at regionals that I received the email and I'm just sitting at home on my couch and I open my email and I just scream out loud. <laughs> and my mom was like, Oh my God, like what's, what's wrong. And I said, mom, I qualified. So like that was <laughs> one of the coolest moments that I'll never forget. Um, and then I started training for my first regional in 2016, I was working with the owner of the gym. Uh, her name is Kalina. I mentioned her earlier. Um, so just, I needed some guidance. I didn't want to go into it and, you know, just for shits and gigs, you know, we tried really hard. Um, that was the year that they introduced like the strict muscle up and the strict hand, the strict Nate was in there. So yeah. uh, I couldn't do strict handstand pushups or strict muscle up before even getting there. Um, so we really worked a lot in, you know, just a different approach to training and just, you know, heavier weights. And I couldn't even, I mean, I could barely snatch 155 at the time. Um, so it was definitely, it was eye opening, but it was, it was awesome. I mean, I went in, you know, I do the best when I don't put the pressure on myself. So, you know, you go in as a rookie and you're just kind of like, you know, let's just go have fun and work really hard. And um, you know, let your performance speak for, your, for itself. So I ended up, I went in as like, I don't know, 38th or something and came out 14th. So that was a, a really cool year um, and a really cool experience. And, you know, here we're, we come from a, we're a small town here. So for that to happen in CrossFit in the community here in our area, it was kind of a big deal there were actually two of us that went myself and Chad Blanchard at the time. Um, so that was really, really neat. Uh, and we just had a huge support from, you know, from home. And I had like maybe 30 people from my gym, like fly down to Atlanta for that regional. So that was really awesome. Then 2017, you go team. What went in? Why did you go team that year? Yeah. So after I'm trying to think, um, so after regionals in 2016, the games went on and I went to Granite Games that following, I think it was September. Uh, and I ended up running into a former teammate of mine from college, Kelly Wild. And she was on Timberwolf CrossFit's team for a couple of years at that point. And they had been to the games multiple times. Um, and they were looking for a third girl to be on their team. Um, so what ended up happening is 
I don't know exactly. Um, they had their third girl and she just didn't want to compete in 2017. So I don't know the full situation, but either way, they were looking for somebody and uh, Kelly reached out to me and um, I was like, well, I don't want to be flying back and forth. Am I going to have somewhere to stay? Am I, you know, is there a living situation? Like what, give me full details so I can really kind of think about it. Um, and I was really fortunate because I went to college with Kelly. So just knowing somebody right off the bat, you know, really, really helps. And she was living at home at the time because she was still in uh, physical therapy school. And she said to, that I can live with her at home and with her family and, um, they had an extra room for me. So I ended, I ended up moving out there for the entire year, which was awesome. Um, I trained with them. I coached at, at a Timberwolf uh, under Tony Cohen's. Um, trying to think. It was me, Andrea. Andrea still competes to, today. Um, Kelly. And then we had Anthony Davis, uh, Roderick Holloway, and Tony Cohen. So we were a really oddball mix of athletes, yeah. but you know, we got along pretty well and we, we worked hard. So we ended up finishing eighth that year. And that was a really, really awesome experience. And that kind of sparked my whole, you know, really, really competitive side. Um, and then the following year, you know, we were, they were, they wanted to make a team again. Um, and I said, I wanted to go individual and I was going to try and go individual in 2018. And then the whole format changed with instead of teams of six, it teams of four. Um, so it was kind of good timing to say that, yeah. but also really lucky to have gotten to get that experience in and just have a year at the games under my belt. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, Kelly's parents are, were amazing and I'm so grateful, you know, for all that they did for me and uh, Tony and Timberwolf. Um, definitely grateful. It's, it's kind of hard not to be when you're able to travel and do what you love. So, and you've gone to the games on a team and in the uh, individual, what, like, what are the differences and which one did you kind of, I don't know if you like, like better is the word, but kind of what were the differences and what did you like and dislike about both? <sighs> it's tough. Um, they're both stressful in different ways. Um, team is a little less stress on you just individually because you have uh you know four or not four three or you know five other people that you're counting on to yeah. you know do just as much work as you are um and just being an ice hockey player i just have that team uh mentality so yeah i almost it was never high yeah. Go ahead. I, sorry. I almost feel like it'd be more stressful. Cause you're like, Oh, like, I don't want to let these guys down. Like when it's by yourself, yeah. like, you know, like if you mess up, you're not really letting anyone else down besides yourself, which yeah. is still a big deal. Um, but I feel like, yeah, like on a team, it's, it's different. Yeah. So, uh, and I, I love being on a team, you know, it takes communication it takes teamwork and just having everybody involved and just having the same mindset and in mentality goes a long way. Um, and it's really hard to find a group of athletes that can get along in, in that kind of environment. So if you find the right people, um, it's well worth it to stick with them. And I really loved working with those guys, um, especially the girls, Andrea and Kelly were just two fireballs. Like they crush on a lot of stuff. And I was usually the one that felt like I was keeping up or trying to keep up. Yeah. 
Um, so they made me better in every aspect of the sport, just having them to push with all the time. Um, but yeah, so, but it, in a sense, going individual, you still have a team of people behind you that have put in a lot of other work, yeah, you know, making sure your programming is suitable to you and, um, you know, making sure you're eating well and you, you still have a team behind you and you still don't want to let them down as much as you don't want to let yourself down as an individual. Um, as a team though, like making a mistake sucks. Uh, I had one really bad event in 2018, um, where I was failing bar muscle up. So that really, really shook me that year. Um, but it was a really good learning experience because we had another event that day and I just, you know, you have to learn to kind of shake it off and, you know, get ready for the next event. Um, but as a team, there's always somebody who has a weakness. So, you know, you kind of, when you had a team of six, you can hide it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, a team of four, it's a lot different. Mm -hmm. You want those people that have a well-balanced uh, skill set. So um, I would like to see what it would be like to be in a team of four. Um, but I still really like going individually. Uh, as long as I'm competing and I'm progressing and I'm staying healthy, uh, I like individual more, um, at least I think. I definitely do. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's just something about it where, you know, in terms of training, like for the most part, I train alone. Um, I try to get my friends to jump in every once in a while, but I, I don't need that all the time. Uh, if I go to Misfit, like HQ, HQ, like up to uh, CrossFit MF and stuff like that, it is absolutely amazing to be in the environment with people who are on the same skill level and, you know, pushing me to be better. Um, so like when we go to camp and stuff like that, like I'm always learning something new or always getting beat by somebody, which is really, really great. Um, but I have the discipline here at home. So as long as I don't lose that spark and that discipline to keep training individually, I, I think I'll keep going individual, you know, and keep trying to qualify. But uh, also I can set my own training schedule yeah. it's hard to have training partners when you're working and coaching 20 hours in the week and still trying to get your own training in so what i do right now works um would i love to take time and like you know maybe spend a week or two away and go up to cross to mf or you know with somebody else and just hang out for a week and just train yeah i've i've always like told myself that I'll, I'll schedule that and but something always ends up popping up or just bad timing and so I'm pretty good with what I do at home um there's always ways to improve it though so now yeah yeah now Misfit how did you get involved with Misfit and when you go to train there who do you usually train with so after 2017 when I moved back home from Minnesota uh Kalina had decided to stop programming for me. So she was doing it for about two years, uh, the owner of our gym. And I just kind of needed something, I needed structure. So we're like, well, why don't we give Misfit a try? Um, so the blog was free. I remember my brother had mentioned it probably when I first started CrossFit. Um, so I actually, like if I look back on like videos from 2015, that like pop up and like on this day on Facebook, like some of it's like Misfit Misfit Athletics Complex and like a yeah. video of me doing the barbell complex. <laughs> so 
I just don't remember it at the time. Uh. <laughs> um, so I started following the blog shortly after the games in 2017. And I did that all through the winter. And then I asked my mom if I could sign up for remote programming once I qualified for the or once I qualified for regionals, sorry. Um, so once I qualified for regionals, I reached out um, to get remote coaching from them. And I had a consult with Gabe that maybe like two or three days later, um, and we spoke for like an hour, um, making sure that it was the right fit. He would be the right fit for me as a coach and things like that. And I was like, listen, I want to go to the games. <laughs> and like, when you hear from just like a random person who's signing up for remote coaching, it, you know, you're just probably, I'm sure he was like, yeah, okay, well, let's get you there. Um, <laughs> but it was a lot different than what I was used to because my coach was always at the gym. So I would always talk to Kalina and I would talk to her every day and I would see her every day, basically. And then I went to a remote coach who was just over phone. Um, so I would just see all of my programming, you know, in the template in my Excel sheet. And I would just try to give 110% to every single piece on that sheet. Um, and I learned very quickly that that is impossible to do every day of the week. Um, and I would get really frustrated early on because I felt like I wasn't performing as well as I knew I could. Um, so I had a pretty early on, Gabe and I had a conversation, you know, you have to give what you can each day. Uh, so, you know, we, I would pick one piece out of my entire day of training and be like, okay, this is the piece that I'm going to send all of my intensity into. And um, I'm going to make sure that I give that my 110%. And then the rest of it is just kind of going to umbrella underneath it. Um, but it ended up working out pretty well. So I can't complain. I love Misfit. And where is Misfit? They're up in Maine, up in Portland. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I would have guessed like, I don't even know, somewhere out west. Oh, they're up there. Huh. They are uh, very much in the freezing cold. Yeah. And that's one reason I won't move up there. <laughs> now, do any of like the games athletes at Misfit live there and work out there? Uh, so none of the games athletes, well, Cody Mooney lives up there. Okay. Um, he's from there. He was in the game. He was at the games the past two years or did he miss one in between? Um, I don't know. He was individual and then team. Uh, but all the coaches, they actually have two locations of gyms up there. So they have CrossFit MF, which is in Portland. And then they have CrossFit MF Wyndham, which is in Wyndham. Um, but they do have a couple regional level athletes, uh, Caroline Connors and Austin Spencer. Um, Max Bragg is up there. Okay. So they do have some, and the cool thing about their gym is like a lot of them are my age and they're all kind of in that they all love what they do. They love competing and um, they have a hatchet class. So it's kind of like they're take your elite level and you're kind of just below that. Um, they kind of modify the programming a little bit from the blog to be a little bit less volume, but the athletes are still really, really incredible. And a lot of them go uh, to CrossFit MF. So every time I'm up there, I'm training either with Caroline and Austin or uh, there's been a few times I've jumped in the hatchet class and just got really, really good intensity out of the workouts that they do. Um, I like the way, the way that they run their gym with Hunter and uh, all the coaches up there. And 
um, Sherb, Matthew Sherb is up there. Um, but we usually go up for camp and yeah. camp is a lot of fun. So usually um, they try to plan to get at least two or three of the games athletes out there. Um, I've trained a lot with Travis. Travis is always a great training partner. He loves to talk trash and yeah. <laughs> he loves to just, you know, full go no yeah. matter what, no matter on the workout. <laughs> um, but it does teach you how to send it when you need to. Um, so I've learned a lot of just different mindset and strategy through Misfit. Um, and I still do today, hundred percent. Okay. So 2019 games going into that season, CrossFit shakes things up and they say it's going to be completely different. What were your initial thoughts on the changes? Uh, uh, I thought it sucked. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love the regionals f format. I always have. Um, I just, yeah, it was a huge change. It was kind of a huge blow. I didn't really know how it was going to, you know, pan out. Um, but at the same time, I'm not one to kind of just like dwell on it. Like it is what it is. It's going to change. And now we just have to kind of adapt to it. So, um, Going into the season, we were trying to plan some sanctionals that I would go to. Uh, Waterpalooza is always going to be one that I go to yeah. uh, as long as I make it or I get an invite or whatever, however it happens. But Waterpalooza has by far been the most fun and probably the most rewarding competition to go to uh, just in terms of qualifying. You know, there's you already have probably, I think this year it took, what, 10th place to get it? to take the invite yeah. last year it was ninth place took it um i was actually right behind so it went ninth took the invite and then 10th was already invited and then i was 11th last year so that was just a really close chance last year um and then i went to is it the mac was next yeah i went to the mac in uh dc and I placed fifth there. Uh, Meg Reardon won that year, so she took the invite, hands down. Uh, she's a good friend of mine, so yeah. uh, I was proud of her. And, you know, she really worked her ass off. And it was just a lot of fun to compete with the, the girls that were there, with Danny and Katie Trombetta uh, and Missy Herman was there. So just a fun group of girls. Um, and I was able to just have family down there and my friends were able to drive down because it was five hours. So that was a really, really fun event again. Um, and then I don't even, I remember just going back and forth on Instagram with Kenzie uh, and she was going to Brazil. She got an invite to go to Brazil and she had like a sponsored trip to go. She's like, you should just come to Brazil. And I was like, well, Kenzie, are they, are they just going to invite me? Like, she's like, I don't know, email them and find out. <laughs> she's like, all right. So I emailed, uh, the guy for Brazil and he's like, yeah, we would love to have you, you know, come on down. And it was literally like, I think two or three weeks away. Like I just competed at Mac and it was just a really quick turnaround to go to Brazil, yeah. but there was a really high chance going. There weren't too many, you know, big name athletes, but there were still really good athletes going. So it was still a big risk, yeah. um, but it was kind of my last chance to qualify as an individual. So we took it and I have full support of my parents and helping, you know, pay for a trip like that. So <laughs> I'm lucky, yeah. um, it wasn't cheap. So I went to Brazil and, you know, I was able to hang on and take second, you know, right behind Kenzie, but 
again, just learned a lot and had someone like Kenzie there who's had experience in high pressure situations and, um, you know, being at the games a couple of times. So it was really, really nice to, you know, just have feedback from her. And um, we actually stayed together the whole weekend in the hotel. So um, yeah, it was a really cool experience. Um, I wouldn't trade that one either. I actually wish I was able to go to Brazil this year because it was so much fun. The environment was amazing. The, the crowd was awesome. Yeah, I think I watched an interview you did there with Tommy Marquez and the music was like blaring. And oh, it, just it, was, seems so. it was awesome. It was, it was jamming there. But we were in like this old, like this like historic venue. Um, and it was actually kind of like an outdoor venue, but it was indoors. It was really weird. Um, but the crowd was awesome. And you, you just, you, you know, you have fans who don't know you, but they're just screaming their head off for you. Yeah. So especially in like the last event was the elimination event. So that was, that was a cool experience. And just to kind of be a little part of history with that event was pretty neat. So now what are your thoughts about the whole set? Do you like the sanctional system better now? Or what do you think about it? I, I do. Uh, it's a lot more costly on us as athletes. So That's like, true. you know, I have just a couple small sponsors, you know, small business sponsors. So um, for me, it's a little harder financially, uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, a big name athlete who has the bigger sponsors and, you know, Matt Fraze probably has, you know, Nike and all that kind of yeah. shit. So <laughs> it's a little bit more money yeah. uh, for me to be spending, but um, it's a lot more opportunity. And if you strategize your season correctly, uh, you have a really good chance of making it. So this year I had planned on doing Wadapalooza, Atlas Games, Mac, and Asbury. And those were my four to go individually. And then uh, I wanted to do one team event with Caroline and Austin. We did one last year. We had a ton of fun at over at uh, the French Throwdown. So uh, we were going to do the Can West Games that was in the end of June or like mid-June. Yeah. So, um, or I'm sorry, beginning of June and then Asbury was at the end. But uh, all of them, you know, have fallen out and just, it's been kind of a roller coaster because, you know, you we drive or we fly out to Atlas Games. We're there for briefing. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, and they're like, all right, guys, we tried hard, but we can't do it. So that was kind of a big bummer. Um, but I was dealing with a lot of like personal, uh, like injury and sickness this year. So early on in January, I went to uh, myself and two of my friends, we went down to Disney to run a half marathon. Okay. Uh, it's like the marathon weekend down yeah. there, um, which was a really cool experience. Like I had this planned like within my my schedule, like my coach knew and stuff like that. So we ended up going down and we ran on Saturday and then the rest of Saturday and the rest of Sunday, like we probably walked like 20 miles just around the parks and stuff like that. And I was feeling fine. And then all of a sudden on Monday, we were getting ready to go to the airport. And I was like, guys, I don't feel good. <laughs> and my friend, Rebecca, she's like, you have the flu. Like she called it out before, like she could even see yeah. any of the symptoms. Um, and she's a nurse practitioner. So yeah. like, she just knows. She just knows. <laughs> uh, 
so she's like you have the flu and like so the whole flight home I was just I felt like garbage um and then I stayed home for maybe two more days and I'm like mom I should probably go get tested or something so I was out for an entire week with the flu after running the marathon and this was leading up to Wadapalooza so I had like three weeks before Wadapalooza or four weeks or something like that and then after the flu I kind of took it really really light and easy for like a week and then Sunday rolls around and or Saturday I don't even remember which day anymore <laughs> but I started feeling all the aches and all just the the grossness again and I'm like what is going on yeah so I ended up getting strep throat a oh, week geez. after wow. yeah so I had the week of the flu a week in between where I was trying to get better and then I had strep throat for about five or six days so I ended up losing like seven to eight pounds uh, within that three week span. So I took a really, really big hit with that and just not being able to train and do just normal life. Like I couldn't work. I didn't want to bring any kind of, you know, sickness back into the gym. So I was really uh, thankful for all my like co-coaches and the owners, you know, for being so uh, flexible with me and just letting me stay home. Cause I, that was probably the worst sickness I had had in a very long time. And I had like maybe two weeks going into Wadapalooza to really kind of prep yeah. and peak. So I didn't peak at all for that event, which my goal was to do that. Um, and then I was dealing a little bit with a rotator cuff injury after that, uh, which I don't really, know, I don't know exactly what happened, but just the total volume after what a palooza just kind of cut up to me and then that following week just trying to do like strict handstand push-ups or pull-ups I was just having a really really weird issue in my arm so then leading up to atlas games I was dealing with that and I couldn't do much pressing a little bit of pulling but mostly not on the pull-up bar um which also you know I couldn't peak again for another event I couldn't really really prep for it like I normally would um so that one's kind of a blessing in disguise because yeah. Atlas game is probably where I would have put the most pressure on myself. Yeah. Uh, and for the last, since January, I had just been trying to, you know, recover from something. And I just, I knew I wasn't ready. I didn't have like my gut going into Atlas games was just telling me like, this is not the event. Like, mm -hmm. I know you're going to give it everything, but it's, this is not the event. And you're probably better off not competing. Uh, so I don't know, it just a weird kind of, I don't know, turnaround happened and, you know, just having it be canceled, I was a little relieved to be honest. So that, yeah, that was weird. Um, so it was almost like, you know, this pandemic started and events were canceling. And it's almost like telling me personally to just like slow down and take a step back. Um, so it kind of came at a good time, not that any time is really a good time, but yeah. if I look at it from that perspective, uh, I, I'll say that, but I mean, I would never want anything like this to be happening to begin with, but yeah. here we are. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. So yeah. 2019 games and they had the whole cut system. What did you think about that whole, how, cause you had been to the games like normally, so you knew how that worked. Yeah. What was it like then going into 2019 with knowing like you could be done after an event? 
it sucked. I, it was awful. Like I felt really, really fit this year. Not that I didn't last year. Um, but I really felt like a rookie last year in 2018. Um, and I think that showed a little bit, um, probably a lot, but this year, like I had the confidence going in and I was, you know, just ready to go, like kind of knowing what to expect in terms of like mentality and, you know, just being ready for anything that could happen. And I just felt really, really prepared for that this year. Um, and I just really wanted to showcase it. So it really kind of sucked when they started announcing that they were doing cuts on something like the legless rope climb event. That was the scariest event of my life. Yeah. Having to climb up that rope and like barely hanging on and then coming down onto those big padded things. Like it was just scary as hell, but I didn't think it would be a great event, but I started off doing pretty well. Uh, I, I think I averaged right around like high twenties on my scores that I had. So um, kind of where I expected to be. You have a lot of really fit girls there, but I was just really ready to show what I can do. And then the sled sprint event came up with the bar muscle ups and I knew I needed to really, really send it on that event. So I just gave it hell and I ended up being like 31st right before the cut, right before Mary. Um, so that really sucked. So I would have at least liked to finish like two full days of competing, but I didn't get to, it would have been really cool to see if they had like maybe kept the top 40 for another day and then started cutting a little bit more after that, or even the top 20, just because the leaderboard shifts around so much after each event. Um, but I mean, we can't really control it. So, you know, there's always that core group of athletes that no matter what, they're going to be in the top five, the top 10. And yeah. they've worked for that and they've earned that. So just, you know, for someone like me, it's just continuing to try to get to that point. Uh, I'll probably forever be trying uh, and working my ass off to do it. Um, but yeah, it did suck. Cause for me, for someone who was in 31st, for someone who was in 21st and for someone who was in 11th, yeah. like, we really kind of got dicked over because someone in the top 10 tested positive. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, everybody shifted down a spot. So yeah. I would have been doing Mary if she wasn't, th if she wasn't there, uh, whoever was in 21st would have been going into the next day and whoever was in 11th was going into the top 10. So that was kind of like a, like grit my teeth and just like throw something. Cause yeah. that really sucked. Yeah did not have that opportunity. Now going in, we knew that we were going to, we knew that we were going to, the fittest was going to be like, we pretty much knew it was going to be Tia Claire and it was going to be Matt Frazier. Do you think the way the system went and the cuts went that we truly got the top 10 for the last day and a half or whatever? I think it's going to forever be an argument. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do. I mean, you know, Castro puts it one way, Vellner puts it another way. Uh, I think the leaderboard probably would have shifted around if you had left the top 20 for at least one or two more events even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so you, maybe yeah. I, you don't know until, you know, you try it again. You <laughs> up event out. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't know unless they tried it. Yeah. So yeah. So yes, that they are the top 10, like, yes, rightfully so in this yeah. format, you are the top 10. So they earned it just like anybody else. Yeah, because a lot of people argue like if you switch around the events, like it would be different. But you could say that about anything, any year, 
anything. Yeah, 100%. So it's kind of ridiculous, but. Yeah. So now I have a kind of a non-related, non-CrossFit related question for you. If there okay. was, if there was no CrossFit, if CrossFit never got invented, what do you think you would be doing right now? Probably be on like my 600 pound life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there's anything quarantine has taught me, it's that I really love to eat. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Uh, I would probably still, so when I moved back home, I started working at the casino by my house. Uh, we have a Mohegan sun here and I deal car, I dealt cards. Um, I would probably still be doing that. I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I, I have like the type A personality, like everything needs to be perfect. Uh, you line up a table perfectly with the cards and the chips. And I don't know. I just love that kind of procedure Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I would probably still be there, even though like the environment was awful. Like I was working 6 PM to 3 AM or 8 PM to 5 AM. Yeah. Like that's true casino life. Like that's, that's when people come out and they want to play the most. And, you know, it's just the popular time. It was the swing shift. So, um, yeah, everybody made the same amount of money that worked that day, uh, as far as like tips go and stuff like that. But you saw the most, uh, crowd during those hours. So I liked working that shift because I was always busy but uh, that, that life is terrible. Like for a normal yeah. human being, just your sleep is off. You're in smoking sections. You're in clouds of smoke all yeah. the time. Um, so that was the reason I quit yeah. was because of CrossFit. Uh, but I made really, really good money doing it. And again, I love the, the job. Yeah. So I also like talking to people. Like you find some really fucking weird people like come to casinos um a hundred percent you have the people that are there you know living there basically but you also had just you know people that come in and they want to play and have a good time and drink at the casino so i probably would still be there i really don't know are you able uh, to spot cheating very, pretty easily uh yeah kind of uh they're actually really vigilant on the cameras yeah. in the casino so if they see something they will tell the supervisor that's working uh and he'll come over to your table stuff like that but most people were, were i never had anybody cheating at my table um no one was ever trying to steal chips or anything like that but i was pretty vigilant on it so it was fun um i might still be into powerlifting. i don't know God, that's a good question um i got my degree in college to become a school-age teacher. But when I graduated, the way Ohio State's curriculum worked out was you had to go to like, either for your master's or your post-bachelorette program to receive your teaching license. And I was just so burned out with school that I just, once I graduated, I took took time off from even considering going back. Uh, And then I never did. So I don't have my teaching license. but I could still do like substitute teaching uh, to see if it's really something that would fit for me. And I tried it and I cannot sit in a school classroom for six hours or however long hours a day. I just, I can't, I can't sit still. So um, that was kind of why I like being at the casino is you're constantly on your feet. You're constantly doing something. 
and that's also why I love coaching because you're always on your feet. You're always watching the athletes and you're helping them to get better. And just, it's rewarding yeah. and it's fun. I love to talk to people. And as much as I think I'm introverted, I love to be social with the members in our gym and just a lot of fun. Yeah. I like to give a lot of athletes some shit too. Just like jokingly <laughs> and, you know, some of them take yeah. it really well. Some of them don't, but <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> And then one so, last, uh, one last thing. What are some goals for the future? Goals for the future. I would like to make a third appearance at the CrossFit Games as an individual. I would like to hit a 350 pound back squat, which I feel like during quarantine, I'm probably getting pretty close since I'm eating so much and able to lift a lot. I would like to move out of my house. Okay. <laughs> Another goal. Yes. Um, I love being home and like, I'm very fortunate that I get to live at home, but I'm 28 years old and I love my independence. So, um, I, once I stop focusing so much on CrossFit and I can, you know, get a job that's a little bit more financially stable for me, um, to be able to move out, I 100% will, um, which will probably just be coaching more hours. Um, but I don't know. I don't even want to know what I want to do with my life. I don't know what kind of career I want right now. I, you know, I don't look that far in the future. I don't yeah. know if that's a a bad thing or a good thing, but I focus a lot on the now. Yeah. Uh, I would love to, you know, I just don't know what I want to fully involve myself in yet. I'm still learning that about myself. College didn't teach me. No. <laughs> didn't tell me what i want to do no. with my life yet. <laughs> I, I think it doesn't yeah i think it doesn't teach a lot of people that yeah I think you find that later on yeah um my brother is a state trooper um okay. which i've considered i've thought about it but i haven't thought deeply about it if it's something that would be a good fit for me um i just know that i'm a very routine person who loves like you know, the, like, just be here, be here, follow procedure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's kind of like job that would be fitting for me to, you know, be a cop or I don't know. I don't know. Be a teacher. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. That's all right. It's just CrossFit now. Just think about CrossFit. I know. <laughs> and, and Paige, where can people find you and learn more about you? Um, well, you can come hang out in Scranton if you watch The Office. Uh, so you probably just won't find me, but you could come to Scranton. Um, my Instagram name is at page underscore Semenza. You can find me there. You can add me on Facebook. Uh, you have much more luck with much better luck with Instagram because I usually don't add people on Facebook. Um, I just forget. Yeah. So. Instagram is usually just where it's at. So gotcha. if I've made any new fans here today, definitely reach out. If not, tough love for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paige, thanks a lot for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you, Connor. I appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I hope you enjoyed episode 123 of this show. We'll see you next time on the Up Before You podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening and have a great day. Yeah.